3: Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo, disponible en la app de ViX ya.
1: If you're thinking about potty training your toddler or you're in the midst of it right now, listen up. Today we talked to potty training guru Jamie Glowacki. She's the author of Oh Crap, Potty Training, and Oh crap, I have a toddler. Jamie specializes in both potty training and toddler behavior. And today on Motherish, she'll drop some knowledge on how we could say adios or bye-bye to diapers and how we could keep our sanity while doing it. We read the books. We bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and
4: changed them. I'm Karen. I'm Victoria's mommy. And I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, we're we're actually actually pretty different. And that's totally okay, because we both agree that our most important work is raising
1: our kids. We really need each other, and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. Good morning. I like to say good morning. You know it. I know. Good morning. Good (laughs) afternoon.
4: Good evening. I don't know what time you're listening to us. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, we're um, happy we're This is a good another.
1: topic. This is going to be very relevant and timely for you because I know you're in the thick of it,
4: right? You know what? Why don't we start with my motherish moment because it's actually it. related, related it. to this topic. So my motherish moment was that I think a few weeks ago I announced that I was starting to entertain the idea of the potty training. <laughs> so my nanny started doing it actively during the day with Ford at the house And then I realized that I'm not doing it at all. Oh, my God. I would kill you. So by the time I come home, you know, he's in his night diaper. I'm getting ready to get him to bed. Then on the weekends, I'm always like, oh, but I'm in a rush. I'm not doing this. Yeah. So my confession today is like, I'm actually not doing it. So my goal today after this episode is to commit to it and really start it on my own terms. And I'm going to just take over you know the whole project
1: I'm excited I'm excited for you because I have the book I have the book so I actually Jamie so you know I gave her your book because I read your book for context I have a daughter who is three and a half she has a two and a half year old son so I'm like one year ahead and so when I was done I read your book I potty trained and then I passed the book on to her I'm glad you're ready to yeah, pull so off. Yeah, so I like guess like pulling for, off a band aid for a little like bit. Tr-
4: we, I said I was doing it, but I really wasn't doing it. So I'm going to officially start it. Good after good. this episode. Okay, good, good. My mother's
1: moment, real quick, is that my daughter has decided to change her name. Um, so this is what happens in 2022, right? This is like this is the kids now. No, so her name is Victoria, as many of you know. But now that she started school, I don't know if it was like the teacher or like someone started to call her Vicky, and she has never been called. Vicky because her name is Victoria, but she likes it. And I have to put all my personal feelings aside because she's been very straightforward with me. And she's like, a mi me gusta. I like Vicky. No Victoria, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to call you Victoria because that is what I named you. So now only in her school environment Everyone calls her Vicky. But with all of her friends from the neighborhood, family, whatever, she's Victoria. And now she has a whole thing with like exploring her name. So she's like, she doesn't like her middle name now. Like she's like, no me gusta. I I don't like her middle name is Paula, which I named her after my grandmother. Super emotional, super sentimental thing for me. And she's like, I don't like that name. And I'm like, okay, okay. So yeah, that's you know, whatever. Good for her. I'm yeah, I mean, she's also very just a parent. Nobody She's been
4: very verbal and direct and expressive about not liking Victoria. He caught it on video. I saw it. And, and and she didn't realize that I was
1: recording her. Because when she knows I'm recording her, then she'll do like whatever. She didn't realize it. And then I was like, good, now everyone can witness how I'm tortured every day by this girl. But
2: anyway, that's my motherish moments, what I'm dealing with. Uh, Jamie, how about you? So my son is 16 and a half. So I have a different Uh, parent load I would say my motherish moment this week was I have really learned how to shut up I have really learned how to roll with the punches and not dig in with the lesson and my son made a mistake and wanted to blame me and I wanted to defend myself and I wanted to fix it and I just shut up and went about my business and life went on (laughs) so (laughs) learning to shut up with teenagers is key yeah there's going to be a lot thrown at you and you're like okay
1: All right. (laughs) I
2: don't know if I'm going to have the patience by the time I get to that point. I'm going to be like, I'm already tired. And I only have one, so I don't even... Give me one No, you're going to get a break. I tell people 11 is the holy land because the synapses are firing, but uh, puberty hasn't hit. So you're going to get a nice respite in there, and then teenage kicks in, and you're like, oh.
0: When something happens to your car, you might say,
4: So, our guest today, as you heard her, Jamie. She has over a decade of experience in professional potty training and has personally worked with thousands of families to potty train. I love it because I know she focuses on reminding every mom and dad that no one knows your child better than yourself. She's gonna, you know, share tricks and some knowledge, and what has worked for many of these families. But at the end of the day, I love that her philosophy is all about empowering our parents, and telling them, and reminding them that at the end of the day, you know your child, and you have to know how to read, you know, if they're ready, when they're ready. And I think I want to start with that question. I have no idea. Like, is four ready? Like, how could I tell if my son is ready? When can we tell? And what's the best approach to starting off this process of potty training, so that we get a good you know, productive and successful start?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So wait till they're ready is a whole chapter in my book, which I know you're going to read when we hang up. (laughs) 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 Um, But I think that's the biggest soundbite that is um, the most confusing. So this is really worth digging into. So I don't like to say wait till they're ready. I don't like to say, are they ready? I like to say, are they capable? are they capable? So four, a lot of four-year-olds are picking up books and reading. If you think that child isn't capable of putting their pee and poop in the potty, you're crazy. So four is beyond ready. I like to look at capability. And so there's a couple of markers for capability that are loose. But what we really want to do is where did that concept even come from? And so I dug into the culture. And what happened was prior to 1940s, children were seen, not heard. We didn't think they had feelings. We didn't think that anything we did affected them, affected their long-term growth. And then along came Dr. Spock. And I I believe he was 1946, 1947. He came along and he was like, oh, by the way, kids might have feelings. They might actually (laughs) respond to pain. We might, like if we don't pay attention to them, maybe they might grow into maladjusted adults. So that started the swing of the parenting pendulum to much more conscious parenting. We had it in the 70s and 80s. And then it really ramped up in the 90s where we started to realize we needed to validate feelings. Maybe we shouldn't beat them. Maybe we should actually treat them as small humans. What a shock. So what had happened prior to 1940s was people just potty trained in sort of rough ways. If you had an accident, you were allowed to sit in your excrement. Maybe you got a beating. Maybe um, they would do soap suppositories. They would tie kids to little chairs. Oh so it was really it was really not a great process, you know? And then we started to say, wait till they're ready, meaning maybe wait till they're capable. Like, is a nine-month-old capable? Yes, you could do elimination communication, but is that kid actually Potty trained, so maybe we should wait till they're capable. But then we started to get, and I do believe we're in a high point of the pendulum swinging way too far, which is giving kids way too much credit. Like, just their prefrontal cortex isn't formed. Like I always say, like your average three year old is a thousand days on the planet. Like, let's not overestimate their emotional capacity. <laughs> right? I know. Well, if what
1: that that like connection is like? Oh my God! Wait, I have a question about the Front, frontal, the, prefrontal cortex. Yes, because mm-hmm. I always hear about that, but I never get the second part of that. Like, what's the timeline? So that this? is
2: the front of your brain. It's responsible for long-term judgment. So we now know that it's not actually fully formed till around 26, which is why it does feel like our kids are staying younger, longer. And this is why, like, they've made, so my son's in the throes of driving and getting his license, and now they've made it really hard for a 16-year-old to get their license. So he got his permit, and he can't drive solo till, uh, for six months and even then there's all these restrictions um, because we now know that maybe we shouldn't really put them and heavy machinery at this <laughs> stage because they don't have and historically let's look at the bad judgment calls right so we expect our kids it's also responsible for empathy caring so I always say like yes there are some kids that are extremely empathetic but for a large amount of kids up until like four or five they don't give a shit they really don't they yeah. don't care about you they don't care about you know if they hurt you they might be like oh you you sad but it's hit or miss you know yeah.
4: what I mean and I think this leads us into like the expectations right I think if you we are prepared. It's like, what could we expect of this process? Like,
2: yes, and I'm gonna get there. But let's wrap up because wait till they're ready, and are they ready? Is is too significant a chunk of what's gone wrong with potty training? So what happens now is that wait till they're ready. We've taken it to like wait till our child tells us, and you hear all this like child led, child led, which is a total BS because our lives are not child led. If you put a child in the back of your car and get ask them to give you directions to Grandma's house, they're gonna. Give get you lost because they don't know. We don't follow a child in life. Now we can be interest led. I have a lot of this on my own podcast. We can be interest led and we can watch them and we can monitor them Montessori style. Like what are they observing? Where should we go? We can let them lead on a nature walk, but we don't let them lead in life. And if you tell me that you haven't put your knee to your kid's chest to get them strapped into a car seat because you need to go and they're having a fit, you're a liar. We have all done that. I'm an expert and so wrestler. so the <laughs> whole life yeah the whole idea of like well I'm just gonna wait now and the misconception is that at some point your child will take off their diaper wave their white flag and say I'm ready to use the body that doesn't happen we have to look for the cues that they are capable and those cues usually come somewhere between 20 and 30 months and I'll say a bit more about that in a second the cues are they're interested in your butt Has your two year old been in the bathroom with you and lift your butt cheek? Mm -hmm. What's Mm -hmm. going on? Oh yeah, for sure. Have they seen a tampon string hanging out of you? Yeah, they're like, what's that, right? They're interested. They're interested in that area. They're interested in being in the bathroom. Do they want to roll the toilet paper? Do they want to flush? Do they want to go with you? Those are the signs of ready. Not the kids saying, I'd like to use the potty. I've been doing this actually 15 years full time, and I've never seen that happen. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's kids who never seem ready. And I literally have people who come to me, their kids ready to go to kindergarten. They're like, well, they're not potty trained almost five or oh, six I wouldn't want and the parents like, well they never showed years. interest they never showed interest they were never ready and I was like you missed ready right right. so right, right. we have to go backtrack and say well why are we missing these cues because we're busy because our kids may be in daycare so we're not necessarily locked into the cues and sometimes you'll hear like one of those like super great parenting gurus who are like their kids are so well regulated all the time and all you really need to do is be calm and loving right and so those people will say like you have to be bonded, you know, if you know your child, but if you're like, yeah, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you're so into your child, you won't miss those cues. But for the rest of us who work or, you know, (laughs) we're busy, what I did is I looked at, you know, psychologically what's going on in a child's mind, like literally in their development. And 20 to 30 months is the sweet spot because there's a developmental low. And before that, they're kind of mastering eating, getting the fork in their mouth, like they're clumsy. They've learned to walk, maybe run, but they're still a little, you're not going to put them on a trail with rocks and roots, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, and they've mastered separation anxiety. So then there's a lull. nothing's happening in the brain except refining those skills, more daily learning. And then somewhere around 30 to 36 months, they hit a process called Individuation. It's a psychological process that the child realizes they're separate from you. So before that happens, if they bonk their head, they think you feel the pain. They are so one with you that they don't realize they're a separate person, right? And we know this, mommy, I help, I help, I help. The day they turn three, Oh, I do it myself. No, the sky is not blue. Like all you get is attitude mm. because they now realize they're their own person and they want to separate from you. Oh, Funny enough, they go through this process again as a teenager. The stakes are higher, but now they really have to find out who they are. That's why separate they're
1: teenagers. That's I'm teenagers, teenagers. That, And
2: I love that term. I wanted to name my second book that term, but people thought it was derogatory. And I was like, I love teenagers. It's, yeah. it's mimicking the same process. So what I tell people is I have zero investment in when you potty train your kid. I don't care let your kid go to high school in diapers i do not care what i'm here to tell you is when is it easier and when is it harder it is harder after three because of that individuation all you're gonna get is attitude that kid knows when they pee and poop you don't have to teach them how to use the potty you're gonna have to overcome power struggles and that blossoming personality i call it not just like not bad attitude but their personality showing up and now you're gonna put pee and poop on top of that struggle that's yeah, where you get some trouble okay so for
4: i guess officially is 30 30 months this month. And again, he did it for a little bit. Like
2: at night, he'll be like, mama, you know, whatever. boo, boo baby. No, he, he was he, fine. It was you. It was your It was, lack me. Of it was me. I'm the one He that- was fine. And listen, but this is really important and I'm not rousing you. This is really important because you're the parent. If you don't care, why should the kid care? They're only following our lead, right? So if we're excited about something, like think about this. Think about you going to the dentist, right? First time with your kid and you're like, well, you don't really have to brush your teeth. Brush your teeth whenever you want. I'll wait till you're ready to go to the dentist. That's ludicrous, right? And then think about <laughs> the first time you go to the dentist, and you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not really sure. Maybe we'll go to the dentist. Oh, I'll cancel the appointment. Maybe we won't. You think your kid's going to be like, let's go take care of right, our teeth? Right, 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 They're going right. to catch your vibe of like, okay. So what's once you're on what's
4: the first thing when it comes to preparation, right? Because I feel like all these people, like I saw people buying stuff for the bathroom and the thing, like he likes no, to go that's he all nonsense. Co- what do I have to do like I'm doing a, I'm going to
2: start this weekend what's the first step I would say number one I would get yourself a couple of floor potties so that's that's key and some people don't like that but when the child first starts potty training you have a couple of seconds when they recognize the need and they go they're not ready to hold it to get to the bathroom just have as many around the house you can get them secondhand. hand I have just leave a few them. but he
4: refuses yeah. to use them it's so funny I, I mean he's also big boy so I feel like he likes the actual toilet he wants
2: to sit on the actual that's great big- right. that's, then that's fine yeah no problem But just have them nearby because he may need and he has a heads up you started the process a little so he knows what's what's up so he may be able to get to the bathroom but you just want it convenient and then I would say The biggest thing for me in our day and age is clear your schedule. And I don't mean that you have to stay home, but you have to cater to him and his needs for like a week. So that means if you have, let's say you have a gymnastics class at 10 o'clock. What happens if Ford hasn't peed by 10 o'clock? You're gonna be up his ass sideways. Come on, come on, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. And he's gonna dig in his heels. It's gonna blow up the process. Pressure on the child is the number one thing that kills the process. So you wanna have things that like, if he just peed you know he has a great pee and you're like great let's get in the car and go to gymnastics then that's okay but you want to clear your schedule so you can do things like after a good pee yeah because the first week is very focused and parents like oh my god this is gonna last forever and I'm like dude it's a week like whatever relax (laughs) like we're very impatient you know as parents and then the next thing I would say is get a plan I don't even care if it's not my book like a consistent plan, we know this about diet, exercise. I used to be a singer and voice. A shitty consistent plan is better than no plan at all. I love plans. I'm a planner. I'm a planner. Yeah. You're so to the I would get yes. a plan because you need kind of one person in your head. And, you know, I was thinking about our interview yesterday and I was driving and I was, oh, Lord, I hope they don't ask me for tips on potty training. Like, people will say that. Do you have any tips on potty training? I'm like, dude, I wrote a book. Like, yeah, I have all the tips on potty training. But what I don't like about that question is people go information gathering. And part of our problem with potty training and parenting in general is too much information. So if you're piecemealing what everybody has to say, you're going to get confused because it's going to be too much. And ladies... I don't know why this milestone, nobody tells you how your child should learn how to walk. Nobody says, geez, they're walking already. What'd you do? Pressure them? Like nobody has an opinion, but everybody is an expert on potty training and everybody's going to tell you that this is the way or else. One of my cardinal rules in my book is don't post on social media that you're starting. You will get so many conflicting comments that it's just going to mess with your head. Have one voice in your head. And again, I like my voice because it's mine. I like my (laughs) book because I wrote it. But it doesn't have to be mine, but get a plan. Because you've heard too many things already. And if you're picking and picking and picking, you're going to get frantic. Like that first day, you're going to try, well, well, so-and-so said this, and -and so-and-so said that, and -and so-and-so said this. Now you smell like fear, and Ford is going to eat you like he's a piranha and spit out your bones. Like Because if you smell like fear, they will either latch on to that fear and be anxious or the more, like, uh, spirited kids will be like, ooh, I got her in a position right now. <laughs> so- <laughs> I love it. It's funny how you
4: mentioned the social media. I didn't post it. I didn't. I mean, I just shared it here. Mm-hmm. But Here they can't talk back to us. No, it? and also, like, what <laughs> I was saying, I was entertaining the idea. We're testing the waters. So it wasn't, like, a full commitment, you know? It wasn't, like, a public announcement of, like, I'm doing this. But it's funny because I feel like sometimes... Comparison, I always say it's a thief of joy and peace, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And 100%. every child is so different. Actually, this is the one milestone that I really haven't stressed at all. I'm like, oh, I'll get to it. When is he required to be trained for the school? Oh, by three? Okay, good. Okay. Before that, I make sure he's, you know, not wearing the diaper. But it could be stressful when you hear someone say, Oh, it took me a weekend. And then you pass the weekend and you're like, uh oh. Or like, oh no, it's gonna take you like, you know. So I think like it is a dangerous zone you go into once you start hearing yeah. other people's experiences when it comes to potty training. It
2: absolutely mucks up the process and like so I'm 54 and my mom and her friends think I'm running the biggest scam they are like you wrote a book on potty training people read it and I'm like it's been translated into 17 different languages it's like (laughs) because it wasn't a big deal it got to be a big deal and I think that's part of the thing right is that there's so much information that you hear one horror story Mm -hmm. or one success story and there are kids but I gotta tell you and you guys don't know this because your kids are so young your kids are gonna suck at something they're gonna be the worst at something and they're gonna be the best at something. So if they're the worst at potty training, they're gonna be the best at something, but you don't get to pick. And one of the misconceptions we have is that if a child is slow at this or a child needs extra learning or if the child it has anxiety and appears resistant that they're not ready, and that's not true. I work with kids of all different ages and let me tell you something, if you back yourself into a corner before that day he's gotta to go to preschool, now you're messing with him. Literally every August, it drives me nuts. August 28th, people are like, I need him potty trained in five days. And I'm like, no, we're done. We're done. Like I'm not even taking you as a client because you're going to put so much pressure on that mm-hmm. kid. So it's like, I hear you, but it's really worth talking about, which is, yeah, don't push him. Take your time. I don't care. I don't care when your kid is potty trained, but don't come to me and tell me he's got to be potty trained in right. five days because right, now right. you're doing the exact opposite that you didn't do for five years or three years. The other thing I want to let you know is that I, in my book, I say there is no try. Like Yoda says that in Star Wars, right? There, There is only do or do not. There is no try. Because I want to bring this up because it's so important. This goes along with the mistake of putting the potty chair out so they can get used to it, which is so crazy. Like, your kid plays with an iPad and you think the potty chair is threatening. Like, that's so weird. They don't need to get used <laughs> to the potty. You know what I mean? Like, but what it is is it's a hidden fear that the kid will do it themselves. So that's what the non-commitment is. It's like, I'm going to entertain the notion. I'm going to give it a day. I'm going to see what happens because really you're like, mm, maybe he'll do it himself and I don't really have
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so, I
2: know. I was like, maybe I'll come home, and he'll be like, "I'm done, mom." This is right. It, you know? And I just think that's worth like being really honest with ourselves mm-hmm. when we have that expectation, because then it doesn't happen, and so yeah. then you're like, "Oh shit!" And I think one of the things that's so crushing when potty training, when a kid struggles, or when. Something's gone wrong. I think the most painful thing is this is the first time you're really an active teacher. There's only one desired outcome. So it's pretty clear if it gets screwed up, right? Like when you're teaching them to eat, there's always food everywhere, right? Like it's not a big deal. It's like you're not stressed out if your kid doesn't get the spoon in their mouth the first time. They don't get the pee in the potty the first time. Like, I have moms that I have to talk off a suicidal ledge, I, like devastated, heartbroken. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's just potty training. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think it's worth noting, like, don't. And that's why people put the potty chair out to get used to it. It's not to get used to it. It's because mm, maybe I'll just sit on it and use it and I don't actually have to potty train.
0: When something happens to your car, you might say. But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Hay gente a la que le encanta el McCrispie. Y hay gente que nunca ha probado el McCrispie. Pero todavía no conocemos a nadie que lo haya probado
0: y no le guste. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba
1: I can vouch for a lot of the things that you are saying, particularly the one about clearing your schedule. That was a big one for me. And that was one that leading up. So I'll tell you the steps I took. The first step I took was I bought your book. I read it. I got very overwhelmed. And then I started asking other friends. Buy my book. But my book is so easy. I know. I don't think it was your book that made me overwhelmed. I think together with like overwhelming, like this person did this and this kid's the same age and they're already potty trained and I didn't do it yet. And did all the BS and all the commitment because your book to me did say like you got to be ready and you got to commit period that was where I was like eh, but I do I have to whatever then <laughs> then then I bought a few of the potties one of the things I told Pam I was like I had a potty like in the living room I had a little toilet thing in my bedroom, I had another one. To this day, I have one in my car because I think they're very mm-hmm. useful, especially with like... You never know when you need it. Yeah, <laughs> I use it all the time. So I remember I cleared my schedule for one weekend. And then the week after, I was working from home, so it was easier, whatever. And then the second weekend, we had that movie premiere thing. I don't know if you remember The Boss uh, Baby. the Boss Baby. And I was... Crabbing my pants like thinking that I had to go to this event with Victoria knowing that like you know this is the second weekend of potty training her I was very excited because she as soon as we got to the movie theater we parked I got her to pee in the car and I was like yes and I was like no juice no water do not give this child anything and when we finished after the movie theater we had this like event or whatever and then we went to go eat Cuban food and I see Victoria downing the rice and beans and I was like, then I have to drive home. (laughs) Oh my God. And in the car, at this point, like when I pull off the band-aid, there's no diapers, no. I was like, you're wearing underwear. That's it forever. Like we're done. I only did the pull pull up thing at night, but that lasted nothing because she was already waking up dry anyway. But on the way home from eating all the Cuban food, we're about to get on the highway and she goes, mommy, and I was like, "Oh no!" I'm like, what do I do? So I have a photo because Juan, my husband, took a photo of us parked at a gas station, the trunk open, and I have her oh. in the little toilet in a plastic bag in the back seat, and I'm like coaching her through. I'm like, "This is great. Yeah. We're doing it," and that was her first like public poop in a toilet
4: in the trunk of our car. Yeah, but the the time thing is a big one. So, I mean, I'm thinking, I guess...
1: That's amazing the way... I want want to stop, though, because she did so great. I was very proud of her, but it was... We had a lot of communication about it, and we talked beforehand. I always... I've always, like, brought her in the bathroom with me. Like, you know, the only thing I haven't showed her yet is my period, because I'm not ready to deal with that. But, you know, for the most part, it's always been very, like, this is this, and this is that, and whatever. So, that was like, it's your turn, you know? But definitely speaking more so from the perspective of the parent, you have to be almost like I surrender to this process. Like this
2: is my priority and that's it. It's so scary for anybody. I don't know, I just did a reel on Instagram about this. It's so scary, those first outings. It's a win and a prayer for everybody. It's a leap of faith. But I also wanna bring up one more thing having to do with your motherish moment. Can you imagine trying to potty train her now? She's, she's talking no. about changing her name. No, that, and now no, you're going to no. ask her where to put her pee Like, no. the personality that she has now, right? Like, it's so strong. Yeah. And she's so opinionated. If she decides she's not putting her poop in the potty, yeah, you'd yeah. be done. Well, now she has decided. Because for a while, she, I got, like, I got rid of the little potties. And she was
1: only using the big toilet or whatever. And we still have one little potty that, for whatever reason, it was in the garage. Now she's decided that she wants that back. She wants that potty. And I'm like, you know what? Fine. Whatever. Deal yeah, with it. Yeah, whatever. That. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. I don't care. As long as exactly. it's not in your underwear, all over my house, like, that's the potty that you, you want. Go. Fine. So I'm dealing with that. Agreed. And I'm like, whatever. Take it. But at school she goes to the bathroom normal like the first day that she showed me her bathroom at school she's like mommy this is my bathroom and this is where i wash my hands
4: and this is how you dry your hands i'm like oh sure i've never (laughs) been to the bathroom before whatever (laughs) yes thank you know that as you guys were talking i'm literally thinking okay what week am i off from work what week am i not traveling i literally have like so i think that's gonna be a good way to kind of identify okay i'm gonna do it this week because of the fact that i'm available during those days and i'm gonna be with him and commit to it and and again he's he's a smart a lot of
2: people that a lot of of people that they do like Thanksgiving break or Christmas break, mm-hmm. you know, and I say to people, Look, I'm a single mom, I've always been a working mom. So, like, sometimes I'll read an Amazon review of my book who, like, oh, this woman is like sits around on her butt watching her kid all day, and it's like, not the case. I think it's worth a, v- a vacation, I think it's worth vacation days because this is a life skill, yeah, and yeah, like I, I said. The harder thing, and kids potty train at every age. I have kids potty trained at 16 months, and I know some three-year-olds potty train with no problem, but the bulk of them, and this is where I come in handy, because I work with thousands of kids, so I see bigger trends than you see with your mother's group, you know? And I think it's possible at any time, but the longer you wait, the more the habit is entrenched. I blame this on big diaper companies, because if you think about it, they've doubled the lifespan of their product. Mm -hmm. Doubled. Without anything at all, just wait till they're ready. So now we got four-year-olds in diapers. Night training, night training, you know, there's always been bedwetters, but it was an anomaly. You had to go to a medical supply store to get big kid diapers. Now they're at the grocery store. So now I got eight-year-olds in pull-ups that night. When did that happen, you know? And on the regular, though, not just just bedwriters, right? And so whenever you do it, and I always say, like, listen, you got to be ready. It's not if the kid's ready. You're the parent. You're 75% of the process. Mm -hmm. Wait till you're ready, but don't wait too long. Get yourself ready. (laughs) <laughs> get yourself ready by following a plan or whatever, because I just feel so bad for these kids. I feel bad for the parents too. They've been misled by the media. They're like, I didn't know. I thought four was normal. And I don't even take kids after four. That's how hard potty training is. And then I think it's so unfair to the child to be like, not caring, not caring, not caring. And then a week before preschool rush this to them. Yeah. Doing it. I'm doing it girls this month. Yeah, you'll be fine. And he sounds like he was already doing great. Like if you think about your attitude towards it, he literally just caught your vibe. He literally was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it pans out. Not so good right now. 100%, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and I think the other part, which is really important, is that your entire support system is on the same page. And that was something else. Like my husband, our nanny, I was like, all right, team. This is it. We're doing it. And if anyone
2: flakes, you're messing it up for all of us. And that was really important. I get a lot of questions about that because a parent and typically, let me back up. So my book was written in 2009. It was published late 2014, early 2015. Now, if we think about it, it's 2022 and I'll get regular emails. You know, it's not 1950. Dads, Dad's take care of kids too, because I really wrote it for moms. And I actually wrote a dad cheat sheet at the end. And I, like, I actually did a podcast about this because I was like, slow your roll. Where were you in 2009? Because I'm pretty sure you were a teenager, right? So the parenting (laughs) trends have shifted, right? And also we don't have to get offended about everything, but whatever. Um, (laughs) The parenting, like literally when I was working with clients back in those days, dads worked outside the home. It was the stay-at-home mom and the dads, they would get in the way. They would actively thwart the process. So I had to like approach it in this kind of different way. Now dads take part and something happened. I think it was around 2017, I think is when I started to track it. More and more dads were staying home. They were losing their job because of the economy. Moms Mm. entered back into the workforce, became the breadwinner. Dads were the stay-at-home parent. And guess who thwarted the process? mom. It turns out the person working outside the home the most, and even if you work outside the home as a woman and your husband works outside the home, right? There is always a default parent and it's usually mom, right? Mom's usually the one with the mental load. And so the thwarting of the process became, and I started to realize that it was the person who worked the longer hours Felt like the decision was being made without them, and they didn't want to be the taskmaster. They wanted to get home, just enjoy the kid, and not do any of the like. Mm-hmm. Body training sucks. It sucks. Like it they, sucks. No, it, it's that a sucky miles. <laughs> Yeah. And so like the dad cheat sheet is really for anybody a little too busy to not read the book or, I mean, come on, we know men, they won't ask for directions. They could be lost in the Arctic and they won't ask directions. So yeah. my book is directions. <laughs>
1: yeah. I Listen, with every stage in our home, I was like, listen, Juan, I studied the whole thing. Here's the TLDR. I need you to do this,
2: this, this, and this. He goes, okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. But I do find too, I think I say this a lot, like we ought to be also, gentle with our partners, which is check in with, if you have a partner who doesn't seem on board, see if there's any validity. Maybe yeah. they have an idea. Maybe you made a decision without them and they have an opinion about it. Did you he know? call you? Did he call you to make you say that? <laughs> <Did he> really- <laughs> no, but I know that. I work with enough couples. Some of my work sometimes verges on marriage counseling. We women, we're steamrollers we know how to load the dishwasher not you we know how to fold the towels we know what's best for the children and we get to be steamrollers and we discount their experience a lot we also use excessive words which makes the male brain Mm, shut down so when I'm working with little boys and with dads I'm like and I think caretakers
1: it's also very very important that so one of the things that I had to deal with like now just like remembering and sharing but like our nanny i always joke and i'm like you are victoria's lawyer like whatever victoria went oh well because she said what and i'm like no like <laughs> she yeah her. so i had to like kind of like be firm with her and say like i need you to not like we need to use the same words when referencing the toilet and this and this and that so we had to all get aligned on vocabulary and all get aligned on whether it was that we were going to like every 20 minutes or so be like hey you want to come use the toilet or whatever? And not, oh, I felt bad. She didn't want to, so we didn't do it. Like, in, in your case. I mean, case, it's also like, good that you started on the weekend, so you kind of, like, set it up. Yes, it was a Friday, a and I was like,
2: okay, let's go. Like, you know. Absolutely. Nannies and grandmothers are the worst. Like, they're either the worst or the best. They love the kids so much that they will oh, she didn't want to, you know? But they can also be the flip side, which is like, no, that's not how we did it. That's not how we did it when I was a kid. We're going to do it this way. So they can be very opinionated. Sorry, I just,
4: before I forget, there was this one thing that my nanny did twice that I don't know if it was right or wrong. And I kind of, again, I don't like to like, I guess uh, get in the way when someone's really committed and excited about doing something. She was like, so one time I caught and like, Ford was, he was wearing uh, an underwear all day while she was with him. And one day she was just hanging out and he had peed in his shorts and she's like, I'm going to leave him with his pee so that he gets uncomfortable and he doesn't like to pee in his shorts anymore.
2: No, I don't agree with that because I don't think that's fair. But also you have to read my book because a key component is for him to not be in underwear. He should have not been in shorts. So you're missing a vital part of the process. There's so many myths
4: about like, if you get them uncomfortable enough, then they'll go ahead and want to do something else. So I feel like most of the times
1: the nannies and the grandmas, their information is outdated so (laughs) chop chop
2: it's outdated and it's fairly abusive if i told you would you do that to an old person like Like, no like the kids learning i do believe in natural consequences so like let's say you go to the park and the child wets their pants don't bring extra clothes and you say, oh, because you know what? If you guys pee your pants at the park, guess what? You're going home. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's like a natural consequence, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, for a kid who might be like... There does some... With some kids, there comes a point where you're like, I don't know if they're like not learning it or if they're just kind of dicking me around. Because, yeah. you know, they're at that age, right? Yeah. And so one of the things I say is you can always put a kid in jeans because you wet your pants in jeans. And that you're probably not going to do that again because that's so a gross feeling, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah.
0: When something happens to your car...
2: But I did want to highlight two things that you guys said earlier. And I know you're just throwing this out there casually. One of my cardinal rules is don't ask the child if they have to go. So, like, you, you okay. were like, every 20 minutes we're going to check in. Do you want to? You can't do that to a toddler. They'll say no. They're going to okay. say no to almost everything except goldfish. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. you just want to prompt with a choice, a statement, or a challenge. So, that is, you know, come on, it's time to go to the potty. Oh, do you want to use the big one or the little one? Mm-hmm. Do you want me to go first? You want you You're mm-hmm. implying it's going to happen. Right. But they have some control over it. And then for the spirited kids, this works really well or even the older child who's susceptible to reverse psychology is like i bet you can't fill that with pee. I bet i can race you to the potty so you can challenge them mm-hmm. yeah sorry what about
1: incentives how do we feel about incentives
2: this is a socialized behavior and i don't believe in incentivizing a socialized behavior i don't think if your kid sleeps through the night do you give them an m&m hmm. not usually in the morning right yeah. if your kid helps you set the table do you give them a prize not really. Mm. I don't like the rewards. I know a lot of the world does use a reward, a M&M mini marshmallow. Yeah. Um, what the rest of the world doesn't share on social media is when this goes bad, people end up in family therapy. When it goes bad, it goes really bad. I work with clients. When I tell you this has happened to at least gosh, at least 200 clients that I've worked with will go to Disney if you poop in the potty. What kind of freaking planet are you on where you got to promising a trip to Disney for a single poop on the potty? You see what I'm saying? So rewards have to escalate. Again, I don't care if you use it. Candy in the morning, candy for doing expected behavior, I don't love. Ironically, we don't even use treats for dogs to potty train. Like, we don't do that. So it's circus tricky to me. I don't think we need it. But if you use it, just make sure you have an exit strategy. People will come to me and say, well, we're doing rewards, and it's kind of working. That's like kind of pregnant. Yeah, Either it's working or it's not working. And if it's not working, get rid of it because your kids, and they're smart, you guys. I had a kid learn how to meter out his poop for 40 nugget poops. He would get 2 M&Ms for a poop. So this kid was getting 80 M&Ms a day cuz this little economist figured it out. He was like, wow. "I got the game."
1: I have a question about cuz there I've heard cases of this. And actually, oh my god, my brother's going to kill me, but my little brother, we have a like pretty significant age difference, and so I recall mm-hmm. everything that happened with him, but he was yeah. like afraid to poop. Like he was mm-hmm. afraid of the feeling of the poop coming out. And actually, this was the one thing that Juan brought up because apparently it happened to him too. Uh, Sorry, Juan, sorry. (laughs) Um, But, like, it was, like, this, like, fear of the feeling of poop coming out that they were afraid of, like, their... And so
2: my mother-in-law ended up, like, sending him to therapy for it. Like, No, I have a whole course. I have a pooping solutions course. It happens. There is an anxiety. The thing you have to remember, they're not afraid of pooping because they pooped in a diaper just fine. They're afraid of a... I call it the free fall. So... Up until now, the poop and the pee has been up against their skin. It's gross, but you may not even remember that feeling, but that feels safe. I also say, you know when you have the kind of poop that you get off the toilet and you get on the scale because you were like, that was easily eight pounds. I lost eight pounds with that poop, right? Now imagine being... 30 pounds and losing half of your body weight, right? It's this feeling that things are falling out. So that's where the anxiety comes in. It usually happens right as the anus starts to open. So they have the feeling to go poop and then the anus starts to open and they freak out. And when I say they freak out, I have had a kid run into traffic freak out. I've had a kid jump out of a plate glass window. That's how much they can freak out. So it is an anxiety and it needs to be worked through. You can't put it off because it doesn't go away and it will only get harder as the child gets older. Um, but I have a pooping solutions question course. This is 90% of the cases I take as private clients. It can develop into something called encapresis, which is more serious and harder to treat. So address it early. My pooping solutions course is 20 bucks. It's Everything I share with my private clients, I'm just not holding your hand. And then that is like 90% of our work. Okay. Yeah. And then I did want to say, because you said you did it on a weekend, this is a private skill and your kid is going to latch onto the natural privacy of it probably pretty quickly, right? Like up until now, they've just been squatting and dropping it wherever they are playing, but you don't see it, right? It's in a diaper. So they have some privacy now, even though they poop right in front of people. It's a skill best learned at home with parents. So you really wanna to string together as many days as you can at school, even as a working parent. So I say, pick a holiday weekend mm-hmm. and then add on a Friday mm-hmm. because so many parents, and I literally, like more recently, I think we're just so instant gratification as a society, a woman literally contacted me and said, well, this clearly isn't for me. I need my kid potty trained over two days and I don't have time. And I was like, okay, go for it. I'll see you in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, maybe you have a rock star who really is getting it. You can see, even in two days, you're like, whoa, we're almost there. This is great. They may not be ready to go to daycare. And I said this about walking earlier. It's not a transferable skill in the beginning. For every kid, it's not like, oh, I I have the feeling I'm going to go use any potty. It's at home, right? And kids will freak out about public restrooms. Mm -hmm. Daycare settings are very different. So we have to give them the opportunity, just like when we help them learn how to walk, Your kid didn't, like, start to, like, cruise along the table and you were like, hey, let's go run a marathon. Right. Or, hey, let's go climb Mount Washington. Like no we stay on level surfaces you probably didn't even let them go on a rug because that was going to trip them up right so uh, this is the one milestone that parents just throw their kids to the wolves and it makes me so sad they're like you should be able to do this on your own everywhere and it's like no we give them support in every other area right but we don't support them in this we don't like give them a hand so so yeah so there's, there's as many days as possible that you can string together and then it is it's always rocky going back to daycare or preschool if if it's like only four days well, This has been so helpful. I'm so excited now. I'm motivated to commit
4: to this. Um, And again, I want to enjoy it. You know, I think for me, like the later milestones, when I was a brand new mom at the beginning, I was thinking more... Anxious and it will stress me out. Now I feel like I've been enjoying every other milestone, every process, and I think that's gonna be my attitude going forward with this potty training as well. And the fact that we have resources too, like you know, we have the book, we have kind of like to bounce off ideas and and not get overwhelmed yeah. with so much information and just kind of be more receptive to your child.
2: You got. Listen them. to me. This is my other really big rule. This is. Connect with the kid you have. Like, use my book as a guide. So when people tell me, like, oh, I I followed your book to the letter, I'm like, don't do that. Like, use the kid in front of you and take my information, put it through the civil Ford and what you know about him. If I say something that sounds stupid to you, ditch it. I'm not tied to it. It's just a guide, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not an expert because I know better than you. I'm an expert because I've done this 10 billion times and I have all these tips and tricks, right? You want to walk into that kid. That's going to behoove you. And you're right. It can be fun because you learn this... Think of how excited you are when your kid can put on their own pants or when they can put on their own snow boots. You're like... Now they can put their pen in the body. Like it's so exciting to see them gain this autonomy, and this is a springboard. After this, they're going to be—they carve new neural pathways. Their language usually takes a huge bolt forward, and then they want to be—they change. They want to be big kids, and so there is like a little bit mourning of your baby going away. I wish more people just got excited about it. We've created such dread about it, and it's such a great
1: look. uh, One year from now. Ford will do what now Victoria does, where she'll be like, Mom, I have to poop. And then she goes, Close the door. I need privacy. Well, he does and I'm that like now. Yeah. When he's
2: pooping in his diaper, he does not want me to look at him. He's in a little corner. He's very... That's a key. So that goes back to like that. ready. Uh, if your kid goes to a corner and wants privacy, you need to potty train ASAP because that's the natural progression of this is a private function. Yeah. yeah? yeah. And so you want to capitalize on that socialized behavior because if they keep doing that, what you keep saying is yeah well it's okay to do it in your diaper so then if they get over that it gets so much harder he's been doing that for a while okay (laughs) let's go yeah Yeah. well a year from now I can't wait to see what Ford changes his name to so
4: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much this was so helpful I feel like hope moms are motivated and less stressed about it. Yeah, and there was so much
1: more from this conversation than just potty training. So thank you so much.
2: I really love your energy and your vibe. I'm here for it. I like it. Right on. I have so many resources too. Just so, like I have a podcast now, just a potty training podcast. Instagram, I'm always doing stuff on Instagram. Can you share
1: the name of the podcast, the name of your Instagram, share all of that stuff here so everybody can get it. Yeah,
2: yeah. so the podcast is cleverly titled titled, Oh Crap Potty Training Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As is the book. And then I have an Oh Crap Parenting Podcast as well. Instagram is jamie.glowacki and my website is jamieglowacki.com and under the get help button you can see all the resources. We have a daycare course, a night training course, a poop solutions course and then a bunch of consultants as well as myself. So Amazing. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. much.
3: Cassandra Sánchez Navarro junto a Katherine Siachoque y Verónica Bravo en la nueva serie de comedia original de Biggs, Consuelo, disponible en la app de Biggs, ya.
1: At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the
0: most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide.